Good evening, everyone. It's your host, Melissa at Strange, Strange, Beyond Insane. Tonight, I have a treat for you guys. I have a very spooky story that did actually happen to myself with Tom and Christina witnessing everything. Today was different in all ways. I woke up differently, and I absolutely remember everything about my dream. Although this dreamlike state was me, but it was in the third person and all I could see was my hands tapping on the typewriter like noisy keyboard that I have in front of my computer in the basement. My thoughts are running wild, but somehow I could hear them like subtitles on a TV. It was strange but also liberating that I finally could jump back into my creative self. I hit a dead end for a month or so, feeling defeated and overwhelmed with the outside noise of the world. Work and everyday life was not balancing for me, and I grew darker inside. This recent jolt of energy and kick in the ass really started after our most recent road trip. It was last minute because our other plans had fell through, and we also added another person to tread along on our paranormal journey, and that was Tom. Tom, Christina, and myself landed ourselves a private overnight stay at the very famous Hinsdale House. The house was very active, and well, from the last episode that you guys heard, you kind of got the gist of all the chaos that went on all through the night and into the morning. But the most important part that stood out for myself was how much I slept, and I didn't even recall sleeping. They even claim, they as in Christina and Tom, they said that I, I don't even, I can't even explain it. Like I was, I got angry for no reason and I was screaming and having a like demonic, like shithead childlike meltdown and saying how tired I was and I only needed 20 minutes and then I needed two hours and then I guess I fell asleep and I don't remember. So it's been over a week since our return to Michigan and nothing has even been normal because the more and more that we replay our evidence, there's time lapses that we have, and there's things that one will remember and the other won't. And there's even reports of Christina sitting on the bed, I believe in Claire's bedroom upstairs, or Clara. I'm not sure if that's... I know that there's two daughters and a son. But anyways, Christina claimed that I was sitting on the bed with her, and I opened up this music box, and I showed her my pictures and my videos that that didn't happen and now she wonders who the hell she was sitting with so there's just so many things that do not add up and you know but in the course of leaving the Hinsdale house after not being able to find our keys you guys heard on the last episode and driving through the blizzard like windstorm from Buffalo um, and then we even hit an ice storm in Pennsylvania I could, I could really sense that something was off with Tom. He was very tired, not himself. I mean, it is a given because he hadn't slept, and supposedly Christina kept him up all morning when I fell back to sleep the second time. But that house did something to him. He has explained over and over that he felt unwanted there, especially upstairs in the home by the two young girls' bedrooms that used to live there. But he felt uneasy the whole entire stay. So he was trying to catch up on some sleep in the back of the truck, and of course, Christina Christina and I were chatting and laughing our whole way through this journey, and we finally made it through the treacherous weather, and of course, we were feeling very slap-happy because it was almost 2 a.m. in the morning. 
I felt fine, she felt fine, we were just tired, and that's natural. So we finally arrive in Athens, Ohio, and of course there was a slight pickle in the reservation that I made for us. But the gentleman at the front desk was very helpful, and he finally gave me the keys to our room. The hotel was nothing fancy, but it was definitely clean and it was cozy. The first night, we all slept great. Christina wears an eye mask and earplugs to sleep, so of course she was knocked out in a very, very deep sleep. The next day, we get ready after sleeping in for a little bit, and we go get something to eat at Applebee's, and then we run to Kroger for some items, and of course we have to hit up Starbucks on the way out. We head to the first cemetery that we looked up, and this one is the Hanning Cemetery, and that Hanning name also ends up, of course, being my cousin Sarah's last name, her married last name. Her husband has been on me for years to go check out this cemetery because it's known to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in the whole entire world. We pull up, and of course, it's right in the middle of the neighborhood. There's, you know, houses on both sides, and there's a very noticeable sign out front that reads, Stay out after dark. If you don't, you'll get fined. So we sit there for a minute, we contemplate what to do, and Tom reminds us how much fucking Ohio hates us. So, and there I am with the truck with license, you know, the license plate has Michigan on it. So probably not a good idea. All right, so we decide to head to our next location. So it's about 25 minutes away from our hotel that we're staying at. And it's called the Moonville Tunnel and it's in MacArthur, Ohio. The roads were, of course, deep back roads through thick forestry. We see someone walking back, and we ask some simple questions like, how far is the tunnel back from the bridge right in front of the truck? And so we basically gather that we will have to walk through, and remind you, it's about 20 degrees outside. So you have to walk basically over the bridge and then back to the tunnel. Upon walking up to the opening of the tunnel, I felt a little strange. Walking the tunnel, I felt okay, really, until I noticed these creepy-looking children with black eyes graffitied on the wall below a plaque. Then, right after, Tom mentioned black-eyed children's stories. I about lost my goddamn mind because what I've read on this alone puts shivers down my spine and makes me super uneasy. After some time, we walked back to the truck to warm up and asked some more locals how to get to the cemetery that was very close by. They then explained to drive up to the highest peak of the cliff in the forest, and it would be to our right. I plowed the F-150 up the side of the cliff in fear because it was a very tight fit, along with a lot of sharp, curvy dirt roads filled with snow. We really didn't get a whole lot of evidence up there, and there was only a few graves in sight. Tom was cold and tired, and his arthritis was really dimming his mood. We talked about going out for some more exploring, but thought it was smart to call it a night Call it a night, since we were all getting tired. On the way back to the hotel, I sort of drew a blank on the few stops I wanted to take them the following day on our way back home. I fell into a very deep sleep as soon as I hit that hotel bed. Then I was suddenly awakened by Christina rocking me back and forth to wake up and turn off my damn alarm. Here is where everything gets really foggy in my brain. I don't remember turning off my alarm to my phone, but shortly after she got up to use the bathroom. I guess 
that's when I felt this hot stinging like jab to my lower right back and it put me into a fucking rage again. It's extremely difficult to explain my memory of what happened, but I will do my best. I remember hearing myself yell and weep in pain. Then I know I see myself walk to a bright bathroom where I tried to pee, but couldn't because my back and my whole body was in like a spaz-like torture. I remember seeing my feet and my hands swinging, but again it was all foggy, like I was seeing myself through smoke. I now heard myself yelling at Christina and being very vulgar about why would she fucking kick me or stab me, and I was in pain, and I faintly remember Tom's voice trying anything to find a remedy for me, but I really couldn't see them with my eyes or even myself. I finally came to myself, and I was very frightened, and this is very hard to talk about because it, it, it does sound like I'm crazy, but this really is what happened. And then I really grew to be embarrassed because I knew I freaked out. It's hard to explain. It's like I freaked out. Like I know my body did, but I don't feel like my brain processed what was happening. The mysterious feeling of questioning myself, is this real? Am I dreaming? Am I awake? Or maybe this is hell and I died. I don't know. I now began to worry my conscious self sick. I knew I needed to get out of that room and take a walk. I honestly can't believe I ended up in the breakfast room at the hotel. I went to the table and I started touching my arms and hands to see if I could feel or even let alone process what even happened. But I felt terror and I felt lost and couldn't even shake the strange feeling. I frantically puffed my inhaler from the anxiety. My thoughts ran wild again, so I get up and go to the coffee machine. Now I see a middle-aged woman looking at me that was behind me the whole entire time. And I thought she was talking on her phone. I thought to myself, how the fuck does this woman even appear in here? Because, I mean, come on. I was sitting in front of the opening of like the little breakfast nook that they have. And I don't recall her walking in. And I'm pretty sure I was the only person in there at like 730 in the morning. Then I, now I'm sitting here, you know, worried. Oh, shit. I probably look like I got ran over by literally a like a fucking train, right? Because I'm literally a train wreck right now. And I'm just kind of sitting there trying to take in what all happened. <clears throat> so now I'm really fucking losing my mind, right? So I finished making my coffee and I go sit back down. But when I walked past her, she was smiling at me. I just, in my, in my head, I remember her smiling. She had very long, thin hair, had a black coat on, seemed real and normal. Okay, so now I'm sucking down this piping hot coffee and I'm trying to wake up. She then starts talking louder and I hear her say, yeah, it's crazy at this hotel. I can't believe how haunted it is. Then she talks about the ridges, a.k.a. lunatic asylum. And something along the lines of, yes, we're trying to see more of the paranormal world. After she blurts it out again, this hotel is very haunted. And I was like, okay, I'm going out to the truck so I can get some peace. Then boom, it dawned on me. That's the first stop I wanted to take them was the lunatic asylum here in Athens. I get out to my truck and I'm still feeling fuzzy and confused. I text my friend Teresa to let her know that I flipped out on Christina because she kicked, punched, or stabbed me, whatever, and explain that it really wasn't her and I didn't know what was happening. Teresa had some fears of me going on this adventure because of the reoccurring nightmares that I've recently had. And because, well... 
I have to tell you guys this too. I do tend to astral project even when I don't want to through my dreams from time to time. I also felt like I was in a different dimension. So I wanted to test the waters and I seen later that those text messages that her and I were chatting through, it was real. So that's real life. It wasn't a dream because I did see her replies. <laughs> so I head back to the room. I go get Tom to come and eat some breakfast. I figured Christina would have went back to sleep, but she was wide awake. She eventually makes her way down to eat some biscuits and gravy, and we have a chance to catch up on what went on earlier in the bed. She explained that she didn't even touch my lower back and how that would be impossible knowing that I was laying on my right side, and we even reenacted it. When we got back to the room once again, I show her my back and she sees for herself what is red and very painful to the touch. It also was very warm when I felt it. We joked how crazy I was, but I was still feeling so confused and scared at the same time because I know what I fucking felt. Tom then goes into detail how he's seen a shadow figure our first night staying there, and it was hiding in the corner, he claims, and he said that this entity was ravishing through some plastic bags that were left on the desk. He then said he really didn't want to freak us out, and he even questioned if what he saw was real or if it was just from a lack of sleep. Of course, now we all feel like we did bring something back from Hinsdale House or the tunnel, or even if this place is haunted. So I start telling them about this woman that I seen in the breakfast room earlier, and all the things that she was saying. Then I explained that I really did feel paralyzed when I stared at my phone, and I was thinking about recording this lady because it was such a coincidence. But for whatever reason, I just didn't, or maybe I couldn't, due to still being in a dreamlike state. Tom began to explain his thoughts on this woman that I had that I had encountered earlier. He talked strongly about how crazy I appeared waking up to this supposed jabbing in my back and how I even looked very strange at the Hinsdale house prior to the hotel. As he's going on, I started to zone out and I was baffled by the ultimate truth of myself. I definitely astro-projected in the Hinsdale house because of the lady speaking to me that I was chasing in my dream and hearing her wooden shoes clap loudly as she paced back and forth. But when I woke up, I never felt as if I even slept. I remember seeing her from the backside. She had a Victorian-like dress on and her hair up in a large bun. But when I go back on my memories, why can't I see her face or even some kind of characteristics of it? So while hearing Tom talk and I'm visualizing what had just happened with the mystery woman in the breakfast room at this hotel. I could see her still smiling at me with her long, thin hair and black coat on. But again, I can't remember seeing her face or even seeing eyes. In fact, the even stranger thought was, who was she speaking to because I never even seen a phone? My body knew something was off with this whole entire morning. Now I'm pondering on the fact that, was I astral projecting again, or was I even sleepwalking? I haven't sleptwalk in a long time since we first moved into this house, and that was, well, over 10 years ago. Both realities are equally terrifying to me. I also started to toss around the fact that I remember sitting in the truck and starting it with the key fob, and how I was just blanked out completely and that there was no music on. So where the fuck was I? 
And where do I often go when I'm in these dreamlike states? I have to get to the bottom of this. I know I do. And I have had some suggestions of even recording myself while I sleep. And I should actually have a notebook next to me so that every time I wake up, I'm documenting what happened. The scariest thing is, is that it feels so real. At the time it happens, from the time that I wake up, I felt like I'm really there. And I'm, I'm talking or I'm listening to someone. I'm seeing familiar places or I'm, you know, in a cemetery. I'm not sure, but I just really wanted to share this with all of you and I wanted to get your feedback. And again, this is a real life story. So thanks for tuning in. Stay spooky always, but more so, stay strange, deranged, beyond insane.